Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we will be discussing a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast, so if you haven't read the series, um, why? But also be ready. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing Chapter 6 of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the journey from platform nine and three quarters. Um, so before we do that, we have some announcements and reminders. Um, we want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts. So feel free to tweet along with us. Um, use the hashtag wizard team on Twitter to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? Do you want to draw about it? We are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit any of your ideas, check out our website for more guide- guidelines. Um, and that website is blackgirlsnerdout.com. Um, also, subscribe to our newsletter. Every week we share nerd news and links to what's been going on. Um, so if you want to be in the know, just be sure to subscribe. You can go to blackgirlsnerdout.com for more details. Um, and then... Follow us at We Black and Nerds, and you can like us on Facebook at Black Girls Nerd Out. We're also on Instagram and Tumblr, not as heavily, but we are there. Yep. Um, really quickly, I guess this is going out Wednesday, so this is after our live tweet of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. Um, we forgot to announce it last week, but it was late when we were recording, so that makes sense. Um, but hopefully this coming Sunday, we will be doing Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. So check out our Twitter. Um, we'll be like sending out reminders and stuff about the time and the, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> all um, that <laughs> so, Also yeah. check out our Facebook page um, and be sure to, if you have the time, follow along with us on Twitter as we live tweet Deathly Hallows Part 2. We're doing the later movies just so you guys can have a little sneak peek of what's coming up. <laughs> um, since we um, are in the middle of the beginning, it's nice to look and see where we're going with all of this. Yeah. So let's dive right in to what's happening in the Potter fandom right now. <laughs> um, so just real quick, we're going to keep Pottermore news to a minimum um, unless they like write a new article or, you know, something like that. New content. We probably won't. But other than like referencing it while we talk about the books, we're not going to have, like, a bunch of Potter news because, or Potter more news because, um, again, that would take forever. So we might do, we'll probably do more bonus episodes. Um, so, yeah, that's just, like, a little thing to keep in mind. Also, um, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the stage play that J.K. Rowling is re- working on, is going to be in two parts. So very exciting. Hashtag get Robin and Bayana to the West End. We are so trying to get on no, that. I'm so like, we're I, going. as soon as it comes out, I'm buying the ticket so that I have to go. And we will figure and out Figure the out rest. how to get there, figure out where I'm going to live, where I'm going to live. We can, we can stay, stay at a cupboard under the, someone's stairs. I mean, it's just, it's going to happen. If we have any London Potterhead fans listening, um, you know, we might be on your couch. Maybe, hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. If we have London fans. If we have any um, London fans, yeah. <laughs> um, but we're going. Right. <laughs> sort of related. Um, you can now have dinner in the Great Hall, um, which is another reason we're trying to go to London. 
Because I want to have London. I want to have dinner in the Great Hall. How awesome would this London trip be? We go to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and then we go on the have the Warner Brothers Harry Potter studio studio tour, tour and then we cap it all off with dinner in the Great Hall. I'm so yep. ready. I'm so ready. I'm really excited. And then we can also kind of pair with Doctor Who. We can go to Cardiff. <laughs> Hashtag get Robin and Biana to the West End 2K15. Flash 2K16. We're doing this. But we're doing um, it. Um, okay. So, <laughs> go ahead. Um, okay, little fun fact. According to uh, J.K. Rowling, Severus Snape smells like bitterness in old shoes. That was like a random thing that happened on Twitter in just thought we would let you know if you missed that. I was surprised that she didn't use grease in there too, like bitterness, old cheese, and hair and, and like, chicken grease or something like you know something nasty. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, sounds about right. So that's hilarious. Another bit of funny news: um, Potterheads have no chill. So going back to the Warner Brothers Studio tour in the um, at the Dobby exhibit people have been leaving socks to set Dobby free because the um robotic Dobby from the movies is in a glass case and so people have been leaving their socks there which is like hilarious and yay spew but come on guys come on guys I wonder if they leave them or somebody has to like clean them up that would right I think they leave them because I mean at least in the picture I saw on I think it was a BuzzFeed article there. there were socks there um, but I'm sure if there gets to be like hundreds of socks, they have to right, be like, all right, to enough clean of this. Dirty. I hope people are bringing the socks to give to him and not taking them off their feet because you don't know where people. Yeah, I'm right. pretty sure that's like um like when people used to throw underwear on the stage. And I used to be like that is nasty, but then apparently like when people throw like underwear and bras on stage for like crooners and like you know like people Bryson or whoever. Um, they, they like bring it. They it's bring clean, clean new bras. Yeah. So I'm hoping, and if it feels again, like a waste of money, but that's cool. That, I mean, you do you. That's what you do. But um, if any Potterheads um, listening to this podcast, rocking Wizard Team, go to the studio tour. Don't rock Wizard Team and leave some nasty ass socks. Yeah, just bring some clean ones, some fresh yeah. socks. Dobby deserves a fresh pair of socks. Seriously, at the very least. at the very Dobby. Dobby does not want your... Dobby's a free elf. He doesn't want your old socks. Come on. Yeah. All right. Journey from platform nine and three quarters. Chapter six. This is like... This chapter is really long, um, but also it was like the best ever. It really... There's um, so much in this chapter. Though. I had so many like... I was telling Robin earlier, I had so many... I wrote so many hearts and like smiley faces and like just all through the chapter. I have... I like have underlined Underline, underline, underline. Like, heart, heart smiley right. face. No yeah. real like commentary, just like I'm happy. Um, <laughs> I have some commentary, but... I mean, I had some, but most of it is just... In, in the form of feels. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's a couple words, that's about it. Yeah. So, um... We start off the journey from platform nine and three quarters with Harry's last month at the Dursleys, and they're basically ignoring his existence. At least he got to stay in the small bedroom, but they don't speak to him at all. Dudley is so scared of Harry, he won't stay in the same room as them, and Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon pretend as if he is not there. I hope he's able to get food out of that. Like, do how to how far? Like, how... Yeah, how far do they go to ignore him? Do they at least, like, set out a plate? I mean, it sounds like... I would hope so. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't mention that he's not eating, so I would assume that they do. They're probably 
terrified not to feed him. Yeah, I feel like so. they probably make him eat alone or they eat after he eats or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but um, he. It's also very sad. He goes. It says, although this was an improvement in many ways, it did become a bit depressing after a while. So, I mean, a month isn't that long, but to be ignored in your house day in day out is yeah. And that's yeah. lonely, and he's eleven. Like, that's... at least he has a friend, right? He has Hedwig, who he names head. He names her Hedwig from a name he found in a history of magic. His school books were very interesting. Yet he didn't retain much of what he read because he ain't no Ravenclaw. But but also like. That's a huge books. Yeah. No, I'm not saying, you know. Yeah, but he's also, yeah, again, he's not Hermione. He's, he's not going to remember all that. Yeah, somehow. he's not, he's just reading them like, oh, this is very interesting. He's not studying them. Exactly. Which. He's not, like, writing notes in the margins. So I'm sure all of Hermione's books have, like, hella notes and shit. Yeah. Like, all up in there. You would um, know. Yes, I would <laughs> know. Um. <laughs> Um, also, Hedwig keeps bringing in dead rats, or mice. Which is so rats. cute. Um, so, I cat sat once for my friend. Not, I mean, the cat, I don't know, cats are, I, it reminded me of cats. And um, Shout out to Lux, rest in peace, and miss you. But Lux brought me a mouse, and that, and that's how I knew that we were like, down. She was down with me. We were cool. She was like, here you go. And she looked so happy. Like, look what I got. Look what I got you. Why are you, why are you looking at me all disappointed and disgusted? Like, I did this for you. So that's Hedwig's way of being like, love you. Yeah, well, Harry doesn't mind. <laughs> He's more just glad that Aunt Petunia doesn't come into his room to vacuum. I'm hoping, like, though, whatever. like, Harry, you're not just leaving all the... De- you don't have I a room full not. of dead mites, though, right? You're, like, scooping them up and throwing them away. Out the window, at least. Something. Because, ugh. Gross. You know, I think Harry actually... The first sock Harry gave Dobby, just because we were talking about that, was dirty. Because it was, like, sock he had been wearing. And when he, he was in the in, Chamber yeah. of Secrets. He, he was Harry, all... Harry, bruh, like, he just... But that was a very quick... He like, means he was quick well, with it. but... Uh, yeah. He didn't have much options. It's not like he, like, set out to save Dobby. Dumbledore be like, Dumbledore, let me borrow a sock one time. You know Dumbledore's feet probably spell, like, glorious. Because he... <laughs> <laughs> also, because in the Mirror of Earth, that he says that he loves... He loves socks. Wool socks. I mean, he was lying, but he still loves socks. Yeah, I mean, but you've got to love socks to lie about wool socks. socks. Right. Like, that's the most random thing. I love socks. I have a collection of owl socks that my mom gave me for my birthday. Oh, shout out to my mom. <laughs> Just knowing me. Owls. So cute. Different colors on my feet. Loving it. Anyway. Woo, tangent. Um, <laughs> so Harry realizes that it's time to break the stalemate because he's got to, it's the last day of August and he's got to get to uh, the train station and um, goes to ask Uncle Vernon for a ride to King's Cross Station the next day. And Uncle Vernon asks, like, where is the school anyway? And Harry says, I don't know. I just take the train from platform nine and three quarters at 11 o'clock. Which is like, Harry has clearly never taken a train before or, like, been at a train station. Like, he's obviously because, never, at least never been to King's Cross because he doesn't know to be right, That Or he doesn't know. For, well, I think the first time, well, this is the first time he realizes that he doesn't know where Hogwarts is. But then also, like, platform nine and three quarters, it doesn't sound, I mean, you know, it sounds weird, but it's. He doesn't think, like, okay, that probably doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and again, Uncle Vernon was his don't talk rubbish. Like, 
Right. Dude, bro, at also, this point, you gotta know he's not talking rubbish. His aunt is an idiot staring at him like she ain't never been on the platform before. That's the thing that made me so mad. Maybe like, she forgot the name of the platform, or maybe the platform no, changed. it did not. It didn't. They were on platform nine and three quarters. She was just being an asshole, basically. How do you know? <laughs> because if you go back to this, like, thing when, um... In, in Deathly Hollows, when, when he goes in the pen seat, oh, yeah, okay. like literally the first time Petunia calls Lily a freak is on platform nine and three quarters as she's about to go onto oh. the train. Rude. And that memory, that's what I'm talking about. Hermione over here making <laughs> me look bad. Um, we'll get to that in about two years. Man. Three. <laughs> three. Um, Guys, are you, you're in this with us for the long haul. For the haul. long haul. Um... <laughs> So, the only reason, basically, that they decide they're going to take him to King's Cross is because they have to take Dudley to the hospital to get his tail removed. So, he's <laughs> had the pigtail for a month. Like, which I they, love. Which but I think is hilarious. I have, a, I have a smiley face at that sentence, too, because I'm thinking of the trip to the doctor, and they're probably going to be like, he was born with a tail, and the doctor's going to be like, nah, man. Not, a, human, not one that kind humans of... Humans aren't born with that kind of tail. Thing. Like, what are they going to say? Yeah. Hilarious. Um, one of the things I was worried about which i thought i wrote it somewhere um is i like as funny as it is they have to go um like as funny as it is they have to go like get the tail removed and all that stuff it made me think of two things one that like no one from the ministry or saint mungo's showed up to like because that's like a a thing that's created it's a magical whatever yeah. Two, Hagrid could actually get into a lot of trouble for that like couldn't he go to azkaban could he, like use magic on a muggle he really like, could. First of all, he's not supposed to use magic, period. But then he uses it on a muggle, and I feel like that's like, and leaves, like permanent, super illegal. Permanent damage, too. Yeah. So, as funny as that is, and I guess because it's like the children's book, so it it's not as complicated, and we don't have to think about it as much. It's just funny. It's just like for comic relief. But if this had happened in like Order of the Phoenix, Hagrid would be like done. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> um, I like to think that, you know, there's probably, they have some magical nurses scattered about just, like, making sure that nothing gets, you know. So they go take Dudley there, and a nurse is like, hmm, that ain't right. Right. And then she can, you know, because they have, apparently, like, doesn't Kingsley, um, is, he gets transferred to being um, on the minister. Oh, yeah. Of Ma- the on the, the muggle minister's, like, team. So. Uh-huh. Anywho, um, they sometimes will have, like, secret wizard agents. I hope so. I mean, um, his tail gets removed, so whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. So, Harry wakes up at 5 o'clock the next morning and was too excited to go back to sleep. I know those feels, bro. Um, I highlighted this part. He got up and put on his jeans because he didn't want to walk into the station in his wizard robe. Like, at least he knows about that. So, another thing that I, I mean, notice is that Uncle Vernon is so petty in this part. You know, he's like, well, there you are, boy. Platform 9, platform 10. And then he's like, have a good turn with an even nastier smile. And I and I just wrote, Snape? Question mark? Like, like, no, no, no. And then before he, after he says platform nine, platform ten, he's like, your platform should be somewhere in the middle. But they don't seem to have built it yet, do they? And I'm just like, why are you like this? He's a kid. Like, let him, yeah. why are you, why? That's my thing too. I'm like, <laughs> there's no reason for that at you all. You are literally bullying an 11 year old. And you're 30. I'm happy about it. Plus. Right. Like, you were a grown-ass man gleefully bullying an 11-year-old. Right. As the Dursleys drive away, all three of them are laughing. Like, what? 
Yeah. Y'all realize if he can't find the platform, he's coming right back to you, right? Yeah. What are you going to blow at your house because he can't control his magic? And Petunia knew where the damn platform was. She knows how to get in. She could have said something. They're so dusty. Um, I just think, like... But also, where is Hagrid and McGonagall and Dumbledore at? Because why didn't nobody tell him how to get to the platform? You really assumed, out of everything, that he was going to know how to get on the platform nine and three quarters? Hagrid said he kept forgetting how much he didn't know. But that is, like, a key piece of information. This is, and this is one of those times when you really, when I was reading it, and I was like, oh, yeah, these are children's books. Like, knowing where they go and knowing, like, what we're about to get into, you sometimes forget, like, how we, like, where we started from. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And so these, this being the first is really a children's book because, um, like, Dudley getting the tail and, like, nothing happening from that. Mm Mm-hmm. This whole scene right here is just, like, it's so, um, like, convenient. So he asked oh, a yeah. guard. The guard had never heard of Hogwarts, and then Harry couldn't even tell him what part of the country it was in, and he was getting annoyed. Um, so Harry was like, the train that leaves at 11 o'clock, but there isn't one. And he is just stuck there, and he's trying not to panic. But, you know, the clock's ticking, you know, right. he knows the train. Got 10 minutes. Yeah. The train's about to leave. So, um, Hagrid must have forgotten to tell him something you had to do, like tapping a third brick on the left to get into Diagon Alley. He wondered if he should get out his wand and start tapping the ticket inspector's stand between platforms 9 and 10. Way to use your head, Harry. Like, that's actually a pretty smart it is. Um, idea. But, this is when we realize we're in a children's book. Very conveniently, a group of people just behind him are passing and say, packed with muggles, of course. And Yay! Harry's ears perk up because... The speaker was a plump woman who was talking to four boys, all with flaming red hair. Woo! I'm so excited. Ginger Bates! That's not... Why, they're all kids. But not the alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I know what they they're grow up to They're from ages 11 to 15. But I know what they grow You're up 30. to be. I wasn't 30 when I started reading this book. Okay, I'm just saying. So, 12-year-old Robin... Wait till we get to Deathly Hollows and you can talk about Bays, maybe. 12-year-old Robin is like, woo! Sure. And I'm also upset because J.K. Rowling just literally gave me a fetish in this one this one chapter. You're so great! This one chapter just set up my entire life of lusting and drooling. This also be the journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters, a.k.a. Weasley Love. Yes. Because this is just, like, it's amazing. Um, the journey from a young child to a girl wondering, how red is it? How flaming red? That's, you're just on a whole other level that I am not on. Right. <laughs> just, <laughs> I thought we were talking about the same thing and we haven't been for, like, the past five minutes. We really haven't. Um, okay. I do love the Weasleys, though. I mean, all of, all of the grossness stems from the fact of how much I love them. Um... I love how, it's so funny, because the first thing Molly says after that is, now what's the platform number? Which I'm like, you know, she been, like, first of all, she went to Hogwarts, but she, and she had, like, three other, four other kids before this time who've gone, but I get it, because she got a lot of kids, she got a lot of things on her mind, she's like, what am I doing, what's happening? She got, she has She had, like, brain. a little, yeah, she had, like, a little... Brain fart. Yeah. Even though I'm still not convinced that it's always platform nine and three quarters. I mean, it has been, it but is. it just seems like, yeah, but maybe. Do you want this... me to look it up on platform nine 
No. I will do it. No, I don't. I'm just saying, like, maybe they change everyone. I don't now. think they maybe do. Maybe sometimes the platform needs to get, you know, It's only runs on. twice a year, so why would it need to be worked on on those two times when it Listen, gets- I don't need you. Look, at she's on Pottermore, guys. She's I'm looking problem. it up because I want to. You want to prove right. me wrong. I do. And I already know that I'm wrong. But my head. The, the, you just be saying things. Okay, yeah, well, that is true, but also, in my, my, I have a very active imagination, and my imagination wants to pretend like... Why are you always lying, Robin's imagination? So, Harry's creeping on this family, because he is straight creeping, and he sees um, Percy, what looked like the el- oldest boy, march towards platform 9 and 10. Harry watched, careful not to blink in case he missed it. But just as the boy reached the dividing barrier between the two platforms, a large crowd of tourists came swarming in front of him. And by the time the last backpack had cleared away, the boy had vanished. So convenient. So convenient. Okay, I want to read this next part. (laughs) Fred, you next, the plump woman said. I'm not Fred, I'm George, said the boy. Honestly, woman, you call ourselves our mother. Can't you tell I'm George? Sorry, George, dear. Only joking. I am Fred, said the boy, and off he went. They're so cute. I they love them. such a problem. I love them so much. Diana share- loves them because they share a birthday. That's actually not why. I loved them before, and then I found out that we share a birthday, and then my love for them just grew even more because we're birthday buddies. April Fools. Birthday buddies. Yeah. Three fools. April. I'm not a fool. <laughs> I heard you. Now the third brother, um, okay, his twin called after him to hurry up, but he must have, and he must have done so because a second later he had gone. But how had he done it? So Harry finally looks at, um, he looks at Fred go th- or Percy go through the platform. We don't know who's Percy yet, and then Fred, and then George, and he finally gets up the courage to go to the plump woman. Hello, dear. First time at Hogwarts. Ron's new too. Like she's so motherly and so nice, like off the top. Like yeah, he doesn't. She's just. She's amazing. Excuse like, me. That's all Harry says. And he, right. she's just like, hey, baby. Right. Like, let me, yeah. And she's not nice because she know, like because she doesn't know that he's Harry. Yeah. So she's just nice because she sees this little kid who's oh, like, alone. Um, and who's polite and who's like, I don't know how to get on this platform. And she's like, all right, like, I got you. Um, and she tells her how, tells him how to do it. Um, and, and he nervously, this is so cute. Can I, I just want to read this whole thing. He started to walk toward it, toward it. People jostled him on the way to platforms 9 and 10. Harry walked more quickly. He was going to smash right into that barrier, and then he'd be in trouble. Leaning forward on his cart, he broke into a heavy run. The barrier was coming near and near. He wouldn't be able to stop. The cart was out of control. He was a foot away. He closed his eyes, ready for the crash. It didn't come. He kept on running. He opened his eyes. So great. And also, side note, it reminds me of Casey Jr. in Disneyland. And... Um, there's a part in Casey Jr., the ride, where he's like, I think I can, I think I can. And then, like, it goes higher, and he's like, I thought I could, I thought I could. Oh. And then he hits the thing, and he goes, I did it! And I'm so... <laughs> it's my favorite ride, even though I literally have not been the target demographic for Casey Jr. in about 25 years, but I go on it every time I'm in Disneyland so I can hear that. All right, so then he gets to the platform. Um, and so it's really similar to um, the introduction of Diagon Alley, um, a little bit more chaotic because there are kids involved. Um, but Harry pretty much, like, he, as he's, like, walking through, there's, like, smoke everywhere and, like, cats and owls and um, students and families, like, running around, fighting over seats. 
Um, and then Harry passes a round-faced boy who's saying, Gran, I've lost my toad again. Um, and then his gran goes, oh, Neville. Um, Neville Shortbottom. Shout out to, you mean Shortbottom? Yeah. Sidebottom. Sidebottom. It's random. There was another one, too, but I don't remember. Um, yeah, so then then he passes uh, Lee Jordan, who for some reason has a tarantula. Um, and apparently young witches and wizards think that's cool. And it's sure. a giant tarantula, because it says, yeah. um, the boy lifted the lid off the box, and something inside poked out a long, hairy leg. Like, uh, I'm sure Ron doesn't agree with this these shenanigans, but everyone else seems pretty cool with it. Um, and so then Harry gets to the train, and he finds that his trunk is too heavy for him to, like, lift it um, into the car himself. Um, and so the twins come, and they offer to help him. Um, as they do... Um, Harry like pushes his hair out of his eyes and they notice his scar um, and so then they go Blimey are you? He is said the first twin aren't you? What said Harry? Harry Potter chorused the twins. Oh him said Harry I mean yes I am um, <laughs> he's just so cute he's like oh yeah that person that, that one boy I heard of him once <laughs> um, and so then, like, so the boy, the, so Fred and George, like, kind of, like, stare at him for a minute because they're, like, in shock that there's, you know, Harry Potter is on the Hogwarts Express and they just helped him, like, lift his trunk into the train. Um, but Molly comes, uh, kind of makes that moment less awkward by, like, calling Fred and George out of the train to come, like, talk to them or say goodbye. Um, and so when this happens, Harry um, kind of sits next to the window and kind of, like, watches the family, um, the Weasleys, without, so that, I guess they wouldn't notice that he's looking at them. Yeah, that's um, half hidden. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought that was, like, it was kind of sweet in a way because, um, I don't know, the Weasleys are nothing like, like that, like, Harry has ever encountered before, so he's very, you know, he comes from, like, one, his family is all muggle, and they're, and then two, they're horrible, versus the Weasleys are, like, they, they're wizard they're the wizarding family they're on like they're part of the sacred 28 even though they don't like mess with being on the sacred 28 they're like one of the like main pure blood families in the wizarding world or at least wizarding britain um and they're also like really loving and caring um and are sweet and just like supportive and all these kind of things and i think harry can kind of notice that um just from the beginning from like even just meeting them uh before actually getting on the platform and so I think he's, like, just really curious as to, like, what, like, who this family is and, like, how do wizard families interact with each other and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's really bittersweet because on the one hand, it's, like, he's very curious about them um, as a wizarding family and that the fact that, like, all of this was really new to him. He got to ask Molly Wobbles, Molly, how to get on the train or onto the platform. And the, and just by you know, observing, he could tell that the kids were not shocked at all by this. And, you know, obviously there's five of them getting on this or four of them getting on this train. So they know what to expect at this point, Mm -hmm. um, all different ages, but you know, near the same age. So Harry is very intrigued by that, by the wizarding side of it, but also like Brianna said, like the loving, intact nuclear family side and seeing like a mother interact with her sons which tears for days Harry doesn't have he doesn't have any memory of you know 
Lily dropping him off for the first day of school or anything like that. And obviously, like, he just came from a family that was like, huh, where's Pup from nine and three quarters? Peace out. Good luck. Ha, ha, ha. And they laughed at him as they left him stranded. So his entire experience, um, familial experience is 180 degrees from what he's witnessing with the Weasleys right now. Um, yeah, so then we also, we get, like, an introduction to Percy, who, um, calls Molly mother, which is something Ron, or Ron. I'm okay with Robin. (laughs) Something Robin has already expressed, like, dislike for. Um, I'm just saying, if you ever wonder if someone is a good or bad person, see what they, how they describe their parents. I'm sure Imani calls his parents mother and father. (laughs) Why did you have to drop that shade? That was so unnecessary. He used Riley Curry against me last night. Like, we're are on Twitter. We're on, we're in a war. Whatever. Um, this is a football war at Amani Heron. Yeah, I said it. Okay. Um, so, anyway. So, basically, they, like, make fun of... Well, Fred and George make fun of Percy for being a prefect. Um, just because Percy is all pompous, and he's like... Yeah. We have... The prefects have two compartments in, to themselves. Like, he's just so, like, proud of himself for being a prefect. Yeah, he's all... Just, he's all about... He's all about himself, and I don't... And I, I think that it's important to, like, note that, like, yeah, the... The twins are making fun of him for being a prefect, but they're not making fun of the achievement of that, because... Charlie was head boy. Um, uh, uh, Bill. Bill was head boy. And when in later books and stuff, like, you can see how they talk about Bill. And they look up to they him. look up to him. And it's not that, you know, Percy is smart and, you know, accomplished. It's that Percy is a snob. Yeah. Um, so they, yeah. Um, oh, are you a prefect, Percy? Said one of the twins with an air of great surprise. You should have said something. We had no idea. And he's like, hang on, I think I remember him saying something about it to the other twin once. Or twice. A minute. All summer. And then Percy's like, oh, shut up. Um, and I love that it's like, this is through Harry's eyes, so all of a sudden Harry's like, said Percy the prefect. Right. Like that's immediately, immediately how he thinks of him. Yeah. So he doesn't and know shout that out, they're the Weasleys, so. Yeah, and shout out to Harry, because I'm also a big fan of alliteration. So. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so then after that, Molly, like, um... She kind of, well, she definitely warns Fred and George against, like, any funny business um, and is like, uh, what did she say? If I get one more owl telling me you've blown up a toilet or something, um, and then Fred and George are like, we've blown up a toilet? We've never blown up a toilet. Great idea, though. Thanks, Mom. Um, and she's like, it's not funny, and look after Ron. So they're, like, very aware of, like, I mean, obviously, like, joking around because that's Fred and George, and I love them so much. Okay, so the twins um, excitedly say, hey, mom, because, you know, they're awesome, and they call her mom like normal children who are not psychopaths. You know that black-haired boy who was near us at the station? Know who he is? Who? Harry Potter! Um, and Immediately, Jenny's like, oh, mom, can I go on the train to see him? Oh, mom, oh, please. Um, and what I love is that, like, Molly is immediately like, nah. like Good you, parenting. Yeah. She's like, the poor boy isn't something you goggle at a zoo. Um, which is just like, you know, yeah. Good parenting, like you said. And just, she's very aware of the fact that he's like a person. And yeah. like a kid. And um, also just like made me think about, um, back to Petunia and Dudley. Like, if Dudley, if 
if the tables were turned and Dudley was on his way off to Hogwarts and Harry Potter was on the train and he was like, ooh, mom, can I go see? She would be like, oh, of course. Go ahead. Do whatever you want. Poke at him. (laughs) You know, like, and so, like... Make him move. (laughs) Yeah, and just, like, this kind of setting in stone where she's, like, he's a person. He's And and she says the poor boy because she... Molly has empathy in a way that, like, the kids don't. Just by the fact that they're kids, you know, like, to them it's, like, very exciting and kind of glamorous that, like, this person or this kid who they've known about and, like, have heard about basically their entire lives is now on the train with them and they're going to be going to school together. But they, I'm I'm assuming that they're not thinking about the fact that the thing that made him famous is also the thing that made him an orphan. Mm -hmm. Um, So while he is a hero and while his story is kind of heroic to them, it's also a tragedy. And so he suffered a trauma. um, And Molly is very aware of that in a way that, they're just not thinking about right now. And so she wants to, you know, make it known to them that he is not, um, like some fairy tale or he's not some storybook person. Like, right. You know, right. Like Fred says, do you think he remembers what, you know, who looks like? And Molly's like, I forbid you to ask him. Don't you dare. Um, so it's just like, yeah, she's like you were saying, she's very aware of that. Um, Part of that is her being an adult. Part of her is that her just being Molly. Yeah, um, she's, the best. she's the best. And she was like, poor dear, no wonder he was alone. I wondered. And he was ever so polite when he asked how to get on the platform. So, like, she immediately, um, and I think this is um, goes into their continued relationship, she immediately feels sympathy for him, but she also, um, like, admires how polite he is. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think... As soon as, I mean, she was obviously very sweet from the jump, like, excuse me. And she was like, oh, yeah, you need to get on the platform. Let me show you how. But she, I think this, right, this inter, or this scene right here establishes Molly's need to mother Harry. Um, or not need, but, like, how, she, yeah, like, she's so willing and comfortable just, like, kind of adopting Harry as her own because of her, um, just, I mean, she's she's bomb. This is all I. Yeah, she's just bomb. She's great. <laughs> so I had seven kids. I could adopt another. Yeah, one. I guess, That's what's, cool. what's one more? It's totally cool friends. With that. Um, but yeah. So then, um, it's time to get on the train because it's about to leave. Whistle um, sounds. And as they um as they get on the train, Jenny begins to cry. Um, and then they go. Uh, or Fred goes. Don't Jenny. We'll send you loads of letters. And George goes, we'll send you a Hogwarts toilet seat because he's the best. Um, and then Jenny is, you know, half laughing, half crying, running to keep up with the train. And it's so cute because they love Jenny. Like, she's their she's their baby sister. And they want to make sure that, you know, she's not sad because they won't be seeing her for the next couple of months. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, Harry kind of watches Jenny and Molly disappear on the train um, or while the, he's on the train and, like, they disappear on the platform. Um... And so Harry suddenly he feels a great leap of excitement. Like he doesn't know where he's going, but he knows it's better than what he was leaving behind. Which is Tears. Like, pretty much anything is better than being with the Dursleys. But also, how heartbreaking is that? Like, um, Bayana just left college, but and I mean, you didn't go away to school, but you still know what it's like to go away and like, um, know that you're going to be you know, even if you're going away from home for like two days or a week. There's that sad like. 
You know, I'm going to be away mm-hmm. from these people that I spend day in, day out with. And Harry is just like, oh, it's better than what I'm leaving behind. Right. And that's not right. It's not right. It's not, not, but it's not his fault. And so he's going to Hogwarts, though, too. So that's, that's like true. a whole other thing. Like, yeah. You get to go to a wizarding school. You yeah. should be happy. There's magic. And then especially after the Dursleys. Like, he's just, he just won. He yeah. won um, in life. So um, <laughs> Harry's sitting in the compartment. And the door slides open, and here comes Ron. Um, he says, anyone sitting there? Everywhere else is full. Um, and so they kind of sit there with, like, you know, awkward silence, because Ron's trying not to say anything. He's looking he, at Harry. Harry's he's looking, looking at, at him. him. They're just kind of like, all right. Um, um, and then Fred and George come, and they're really cute. And um, so uh, they tell... Ron, that they're going to the middle of the train to see uh, Lee's tarantula, and Ron's like, sure, whatever, right. Um, he's probably, like, sweating profusely, <laughs> he's like, terrified, and he's like, they better not let that tarantula out. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's nervous, he's quiet. Um, and so then they go, um, they turn to Harry, and they go, Harry, did we introduce ourselves? Fred and George Weasley, and this is Ron, our brother. See you later, then. I just, I love that because they speak to him like they just know him. Like, they've known him since, like, forever. As opposed to being like, oh, hi, I'm Fred and I'm George. They're like, hey, Harry, how's it going? They're very, (laughs) they're, like, very confident. I I don't know if maybe it's a twin thing. You know, there's two of them, so they're never really alone. But they, they, and it's one of the things about the twins that just makes you um, love them so much are definitely some of the best characters in the book. Um, They just are very comfortable with everyone um, or with most people. And they know who, and they, you know, they, they like who they like and they don't like who they don't like. But yeah, it's really cool too that they, I mean, I didn't even think about this um, until you were talking about it. Like why, like part of me was like, why didn't Ron go and try to meet Lee Jordan? And like, you know, cause me, it's like, if I'm going somewhere, for example, me and Bayana tried to do Man. some socializing. <laughs> it did we, not work we out. We went to a happy hour and we stuck to each other and then we left. Yep. We talked to we each other. We were there for literally an hour. And talking we to like, each other. We were like, do you think, think we're good? Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're good. Home. Yeah. We talked to one person who we both knew already. Yep. That was it. That was it. Shout out to Dara Wilson at Dara Wilson, Dara M. Wilson on Twitter. Follow her. She's brilliant. It's annoying. Um, anyway, we, but yeah, so in my brain, I was just like, if I was Ron, I would be like, you're not going to leave me here alone when I have to socialize with someone. I don't know who's famous, but it was Ron and Ron was like, famous Harry Potter or a giant tarantula. I'm going to stick with the boy who lives. Oh yeah. Every time. Every time. I'm not about that tarantula life. Nah. Um, but also, like, because of that introduction, it really frees Harry and Ron up to start talking to each other because they're not going to, like, now they know each other's names, they're not going to sit and stare at each other right, anymore. anymore. So um, Ron blurts out, are you really Harry Potter? Um, and then Harry nods and they kind of talk and they just, like, kind of immediately start to bond. Um, and one of the things that I really like about this part is that one of the things they bond over is that they're both, like, equally fascinated with each other, like, Ron obviously grew up, like, learning about Harry and, um, and just, yeah, like, he knows his story, like, 
knows about Voldemort, all these things. And then Harry's like, well, this is like the first wizarding kid that I really get to have a real conversation with. And so he's really curious and he has a lot of questions. I also um, kind of love, um, sorry to step on no your toes there, right. but um, the kind of foreshadowing or allusion to Arthur in this, because Ron, I mean, yes, Molly was like, you better not ask him about Voldemort or any of those things. And so mm-hmm. he does have that in his head. But Ron's like, you grew up with muggles? <laughs> right. You know, and well, like, yeah, he that's, can't help it. That's, yeah. You know, <laughs> that would be kind of... That's fascinating to Ron, though. Like, what are they like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Ron doesn't really know what muggles are like, and they are very sheltered, which is also kind of weird. It's like, I wonder, I guess they get homeschooled until they go to Hogwarts then? I mean... Or maybe, maybe, or they just like chill at the house. I mean, Ma, well, Ma, it's probably a little bit easier because Molly's like a like she stays at she works at home or yeah. Yeah, I mean she's been like, pregnant. Yeah, that too. <laughs> for well, no, she hasn't been pregnant years. now for like ten years. Yeah, so but that's nice. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure, and this just popped in my head. Jenny was definitely. I wonder when her birthday is. I feel like I'm gonna need to do some math, but I'm sure she was conceived like she was a Voldemort. She was probably baby. a Voldemort baby. Oh. They were like, hey. you know, it's like it's like when um all of these children are born are conceived during like hurricanes and stuff. People are stuck in the house, right? It's like one of they were so probably like, yeah, they're probably all worried. Like, damn, we had Ron, really? Like, we had oh, a sixth God. kid, and then they were like, wait, oh, Voldemort's gone. Kid? We gotta and, worry about them. And Party. Arthur was like, hey there, Molly Wobbles. <laughs> how you doing? How you doing? Um, yeah. Ginny is totally a celebration baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's um, really cute, this interaction. And I think it's actually also very important because as enamored as they are of each other, and as, like, it's one of those things where the people that you're kind of thrown together with in these transitional phases, um, especially in, like... How old are you when you're 11? You're going into, like, fifth, sixth grade. So it's about, like, going kind of going into middle school or junior high, however. And the people that you first meet tend to be people that you stick closely with. And it's out of circumstance. It's not really out of any bond other than the fact that, like, oh, you're sitting next to me in class or, you know, we ride the same bus mm-hmm. or, you know, we get off at the same stop or whatever. We have the same lunch period. Um, and I always thought like, oh, this is so sweet that like Rod and Harry like just happened to meet each other. And then they like end up bonding and being best friends for so long. But they actually have like legit. They have um, things in common. They have things in yeah. common that like maybe when they're 11 don't seem very important to them, but as they grow, it really does make them have things. Um, it, it really does make their friendship stronger. So Harry um, kind of jealous is like, you know, yeah, I grew up with muggles and not all of them are horrible, but my aunt, uncle and cousin are. Um, and he wishes he had three wizard brothers and Ron looks gloomy for some reason that Harry can't fathom. And he's saying, he says, five, I'm the sixth in our family to go to Hogwarts. Bill was head boy. Charlie was the captain of Quidditch. Percy's a prefect. Fred and George mess around a lot, but they still get really good marks and everyone thinks they're funny. Everyone expects me to do as well as the others. But if I do, it's no big deal because I'm the sixth. Um, and you never get anything new. I've got Bill's old robes, Charlie's old wand, Percy's old rat. 
Um, Peter. Peter. But we're gonna we're gonna refer to him as Scabbers until um Weeds. it is otherwise revealed. Because Scabbers was actually not bad. Scabbers was a good rap. He 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 was a real one a couple times. We're gonna see later on in this chapter how Scabbers yeah. was a roll dog. He was he was he was yeah he was there for Ron up until the uh, other than like you know. Being a dark wizard and everything. Um, I don't even think of him as a dark wizard. I kind of think of him as a medium, a shady wizard. He's like, uh, he's not light, he's not dark, he's, he's gray. A light, he's a light-skinned wizard. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, that was a problem. We don't do colorism here. It just popped here. in my head because you were saying that. We do not do colorism here. Dark wizard is colorist. Is it col- is colorist. Colorist. Is that a word? Yeah. It has to be a word. Yeah, because yeah. I tell my brother that all the time. Yeah. Colorist. It's colorist as fuck. But, but we know. didn't come up with that. That happened before us. We are not going to perpetrate any light skin straight. It's shade. Already, she's just really sensitive um, right now. I'm not sensitive. You are. I'm cool. not light skin. I'm medium complected. Whatever. I look like a cup of coffee. Me and Lupita Nyong'o might as well be twins. Dark and luxurious and regal as fuck. Shut up. Anyway. Let's just have a moment of silence for Robin's like <laughs> just. <laughs> Listen. Just have a moment of silence for her. Listen. Just real quick. The point is that Peter Pettigrew is a grayish wizard. All right. All right. Anyway, um, back to like scabbers. We went on some like that was yeah because you got real froggy up in here. Whatever. Anyway, you've been froggy this whole time. Because I no, you've been froggy this whole time. It's cool. Um, so, back to Scabbers. Um, and so, then the other thing that's really interesting is that we, like, immediately see, like, Ron's insecurities, um, kind of playing out, and, I don't know, one of the things that kind of stood out to me, especially in this chapter, is that pretty much, like, Ron is, like, the only person, I mean, obviously, because they're sitting, we have this whole train ride to really, like, delve into his character, but he's the only person who's introduced in this chapter who isn't, like, really one-dimensional, um, and we can see that later on with some other characters that are introduced but we like immediately when we when we meet him we get to learn a lot about him and so his insecurities around like being the youngest boy in the family um and then like getting all these hand-me-downs and the family being poor like all those things kind of come to the forefront and not standing out exactly and like all these things come to the forefront immediately so um ron like introduces scabbers to harry and says percy got an owl from my dad for being made a prefect but they couldn't afford I mean, I got Scabbers instead. Um, so he's really conscious of being poor. And Harry, who is, like, really perceptive, um, which I suppose that's, like, the part of him not, like, you know, having a not a bad mind. He's He has a few Ravenclaw tendencies every once in a while. That's the horror crux um, of him. His perceptive. No, I'm kidding. I was going to say, <laughs> dang, you going to attribute that to Voldemort? Damn. Dumb as a, um, no, he's I not. mean, Voldemort is pretty, like, astute. But still, um... Yeah, so he immediately like picks up on on Ron's like insecurity, and His so immediately ears went pink. he seemed to think he said too much. That's like Harry noticing. Yeah, his countenance change. Exactly. So Harry immediately tells Ron that he never had any money in his life until a month ago um, about having to wear Dudley's old clothes, never getting real birthday presents. Although Harry could have got some legit birthday presents if his aunt and uncle weren't horrible people and decided to give him like coat hangers and shit like who does that why are they why are they why oh that's the question why are they yes why are they i i just we'll figure it out as we keep reading along they're the worst um anyway 
yeah, so all these things kind of cheer Ron up um, in a way that, like, yeah, it's just, it cheers him up because he, like, sees, like, somebody else has similar issues. Um, and, like, also just noticing Harry's effort to cheer him up in the first place. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just the fact that he doesn't, um, Harry is, like, not phased by him not having things. Like, that. Right, that's not what he cares about. That's not what he cares about at all. And, um, we see that again later. I seriously wish that we could name our own episode. And, like, I know that they're named for us, which, you know, no better one to name your episodes than J.K. Rowling. But if we did name our own episodes, this would be episode six. Why are they? Question mark. Like, in my head now. Why are I wanted to I wanted to name it Weasley Loves. Why are they? Um, but Weasley so Loves kind of sounds like a Fetty Wap song. He should write that song. I would listen Fetty to Wap that is the one without an eye, right? Well, why are you looking at me? Like, it was a legit question. He's the one that got yes. in an accident. Yes. Okay. Hashtag pray for Fetty. Pray for Fetty. Although he's cool now. He's really? alright. Yeah. Good. He is. Good for Fetty. He is. Um, sorry. I've been listening to his music all day, so that's other thing. Tangent. <laughs> I've been listening to Hamilton. Shout out to Constar. I've also been listening Constance. to Hamilton, but I have this one particular Fetty Wap song stuck in my head, so I just keep listening to it. Because <laughs> not all I giving away to. my. Sh- I am not singing it. No. It you is already not did it. You did it like 10 times last week. Oh, it was out of then, control. Because I'm listening to it like, dang, she sang that too, and that too, and that too. You just. I was out of control. It's cool. Um. So, anyway, um, Harry's like, I don't know anything about being a wizard or about my parents or Voldemort. Ron gasps like, who, you said you know whose name, and I thought you of all people. And then Harry has to explain to him again, like, um, you know, I'm not trying to be brave. I'm not trying to stand out. I'm not trying to be exceptional. I literally had no know. idea. Yeah. I, I don't know. And he says, you know, I bet I'm the worst in the class. Um, and then Ron immediately goes, you won't be. There's loads of people who come from muggle families and they learn quick enough. And it's like just letting kind of reassuring Harry that like all the first years start from the same place. Um, which is true, and so it's, like, nice. And it's also good for their friendship because it really shows them growing, you know what I mean? Like, Harry and Harry gets to reassure Ron that, like, he doesn't care about how much he has or anything like that, and Ron reassures Harry, like, I don't care what you're able to, what your abilities are, I don't expect you to be, you know, a great wizard. So um, it really, like, this is all bolstering their friendship. That they're roll dogs from the start. Yep. From jump. Pretty much. Um, so then um, it becomes, it's half past 12. And then the um, the woman with the cart comes by and she's like, anything off the cart, dears? Oh, I thought she said trolley. But I think that's probably the British version. They yeah. eventually just like move it to trolley because that sounds wow. better and we're not idiots. Um Anyway, yeah, so Harry goes and thinking he's going to buy all these, like, basically, like, muggle candy bars, things, like, in his head that he thinks he wants. Um, but then, instead, he finds Birdie Bot's Every Flavored Beans, Drupal's Best Blowing Gum, Chocolate Frogs, pump- Pumpkin Pasties, um, shout out to Fall, I guess, uh, Cauldron <laughs> Cakes. Sorry, we just were watching The Daily Show, and there was, like, a whole segment. Pumpkin then, Spice Pasties. Right. <laughs> um, licorice Wands. and Gross. then. And then a bunch of, yeah, that sounds horrible. Uh, and then a bunch of strange th- strange things Harry had never seen in his life. But also, um, I, like, hate the way that this is worded, because Harry pr- has never seen Birdie Bots, Every Flavored Beans, or Chocolate Frogs before. I don't know about the rest of them. Cauldron Cakes, I'm assuming he's never seen before. 
Anywho. Well, it's probably never seen any of these. Drupal's best blowing them, like... Yeah, but it's, like, and a number of other strange things. Like, all of these things are strange things, except for maybe but the pumpkin Other strange things. things. More strange things, is basically what they're saying. Okay. Yeah. English major. Um... Okay. Um, <laughs> it's getting testy up in So basically, room. Harry just like pretty much buys one of everything because he just got money and there's candy and he's 11 and he's like, what? All these new things? He I also hasn't eaten today. That too. He woke up at 5 a.m. Nurses don't know how to feed kids. Apparently, they, they just like They know how to feed star. Dudley. That's they for sure. Du- how come D- Dudley eats like all of Harry's food? I'm convinced. Um, so then, yeah. So then Ron doesn't have any money to buy anything and so... Harry decides, like, he has, like, a sandwich from his mom, but he doesn't like the kind of sandwich that she made for him. Um, and so Harry's like, I'll swap you for him. But then instead, Ron's like, nah, you don't want to eat that. So then they basically just share, because um, they're, like, awesome. They're best buddies already. Yep. Um, so then, you know, Ron starts to explain, like, what these things are. Um, chocolate frogs have cards inside them, you know, to collect. And he telling Harry the cards he doesn't have, but then also being like, oh, you got a Dumbledore. You should start collecting your own cards. So yeah. this is, like, all, like, just bonding things. Um, um, and Harry sees his first wizard picture. Um, Harry turns the card back over and saw, to his astonishment, that Dumbledore's face had disappeared. He's gone. Um, well, you can't expect him to hang around all day, said Ron. He'll be back. I've got, and then, you know, back into, like, I've got Morgana again. I have about six of her. You can have her. You can start collecting. Yeah. Um, um, also, we get, like, Dumbledore's, like, little bio, um, where he, it's, uh, it reads, Considered by many the greatest wizard of modern times, Dumbledore is particularly famous for his defeat of the dark wizard Grindelwald in 1945, uh, for the discovery of the 12 uses of dragon's blood, and his work on alchemy with his partner Nicholas Flamel. Um, Professor Dumbledore enjoys chamber music and ten-pin blow- bowling. Um, I also wrote and socks, but just because... Because <laughs> you're a problem. I am. Um, um, foreshadowing! I, yeah, and in, like, different ways, too. Because, like, the whole Grindelwald thing, like, never comes up again until <laughs> Deathly Hallows. You totally forget that that was a thing. Um, and then, of course, Nicholas Flamel comes up in, like, a few chapters. Um, yeah, so then there's, like, more bonding, and they, like, eat some birdie bots, every flavored beans, and Ron tells them that they mean every flavor... Um, and then as they're doing this, there's a knock on the door of their compartment and the round faced boy Harry had seen or Harry had passed on platform nine and three quarters came in. Um, he looked tearful. Sorry, he said, but have you seen the toad at all? Um, and then they shake his, they shake their heads and he goes, I've lost him. He keeps getting away from me, which is hilarious because I actually like recently read a, um, thing on Trevor on, uh, Pottermore. And basically, like, Trevor just, like, doesn't mess with Neville and is, like, I just can't really be around him. And eventually, he just, like, runs off into the Great Lake and, like, both of them are, and Neville's, like, totally cool with it. He's, like, yeah, because you just gave me hella stress. <laughs> it's, like, really cute. <laughs> like, yeah, they didn't really, Trevor was really not trying to be with Neville, which is kind of sad, but also, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then it's really funny because you kind of get the hierarchy of pets Ron's like, I don't know why he's so bothered. If I brought a toad, I'd lose it as quick as I could. Mind you, I brought scabbers, so I can't talk. Right. Which is like, yeah, you can't talk because rats were not on the list of approved pets. They weren't. Weasleys getting preferred treatment because you're an old wizarding family. Uh, nope, because they're Gryffindor. That's true. <laughs> it's not because they're an old wizard. Because Dumbledore is, is a charge. stand. <laughs> Dumbledore is a Gryffindor stand if we ever met Man. one. Dumbledore... Is to Gryffindor 
what the beehive is to Beyonce oh, yeah. and don't cross them. <laughs> Either one. Dumbledore is the Gryffindor hive. <laughs> Griffin hive. The Griffin hive. <laughs> um, so then we get... Um, oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So, sorry. I just... I just you go she's, for it. she's me. Um, so, basically, um, Ron decides he's going to try to turn um, Scabbers yellow with the spell that Fred gave him, which is like, why? Yeah. Anyway, so he tries, um, and he pulls out his wand. Um, it was chipped in places, and something white was glinting at the end. So he's like, his wand is like, I'm trying to figure out what was Charlie doing that his wand was that is it Charlie, busted. Um, now going around training dragons. I get, yeah. So maybe he was hanging out with Hagrid. Yeah, <laughs> he was just running around. Just running around. Hagrid's like, oh, Charlie, did you see? And Charlie's like, I heard there's nargles in the Black Forest. Whatever. Like, <laughs> they just run around the Black Forest like wand dog. Just ruined. That's yeah. a mess. That's actually... They should just... Somebody should have, like, the adventures of Hagrid and Charlie Weasley. Ah, uh, someone write that fanfic! <laughs> um, Hashtag. So, then, um, he... He had just raised his wand when the compartment door slid open again. The toadless boy was back, but this time he had a girl with him. She was already wearing her new Hogwarts robes. Ah. Wonder who this girl is. Ah, Okay. Has anyone seen a toad? Neville's lost one, she said. She had a ra- she had a bossy sort of voice, lots of bushy brown hair, and rather large front teeth. Hashtag Hermione's black. Um, right. And then, so then Ron's like, we already told him we haven't seen it. Um, and then, but Hermione, even though she doesn't introduce herself, but she's Hermione. Uh, I love Hermione <laughs> so much. Okay, so she goes, oh, are you doing magic? Let's see it then. Um, so that's interesting because while it's very clear that she's like, it's already said that she's like kind of bossy, um, but in the, it just reminded me of the movie where like when she comes in, she's like, "Oh, are you doing magic? Let's see that." And she's like, her neck is all rolling, and she's got an attitude. Whereas this time, it kind of seems more like she's just interested because she's Muggleborn and she's never seen like she tried in to- the movie. She was just an over enunciator. Oh yeah, for sure. Like uh, they all the their acting in Sorcerer's Stone is amazing. It's so they cute. Just, like overact and it's adorable. But no, but I just mean like yeah. I'm sure is, they, they, they play on the bossy. Yeah. And they don't really. You have to remember that she is just. She's a nerd. She's so excited. But what I'm saying is like so part. I mean, it's still partly bossy because she definitely like after this and I'll I'll read that can too. I read that because I, I want look at the she gave me daggers y'all but I I, I can but it's I can act it out better than you okay fine anyway we can do a oh we're gonna do a, a competition and then you guys can tell us who read it better no that's not necessary we we are already at an hour we so really are okay let's not do that we okay. have hella chat we have hella pages left okay um no so anyway so I think it's mostly just like while she is in part like still being a know-it-all and like later she talks about how she tried some spells on her own and they all worked but she's still very curious because she's you know she just found out maybe a couple months ago that she is a witch so i actually wrote down a note that she actually it it, it comes across bossy but she just seems really insecure probably because she's muggle born oh yeah and so because and also because she is very studious and is probably very used to like getting all a's and things like that to come in not knowing anything and think she's probably thinking she's going to be so, so far behind. She, like, devours, so she says... Oh, wait, wait, wait. The spell. Oh. Um, Sunshine daisies, butter mellow, turn the stupid fat rat yellow. And I think that that's hilarious that Fred was able to, able to get that over Ron as someone who's, like, 
oh, kid who grew up in the Wizarding World and has heard his parents say spells, he should have known that that didn't sound like any type of spell. But he didn't. He's I mean, learned, there's also he's another... Gullible. Yeah, he there's has, another like, instance later in the uh, in this book with um, Seamus with the, trying to turn water oh, yeah. into rum. Well, is that like, even in the book or is it just in the movie? Oh, it might just be in the movie. I love Harry. What's Seamus doing? doing? Um, are you listening to what no he's saying? Or not? Ain't no Ravenclaw. <laughs> okay. But anyway, it's like, they're still kind of... Go- it's like, now, like... Yeah, you thought that this spell would work, but... I'm also interested in how people come up with their own spells and, like, make them work because, you know, we see those yeah, I mean, come like, up. But that's all, like, Latin and, like, root words. And yes. Shit. It all makes sense. And not this spell that Ron does, but still. I'm really glad it's not stuff like this because that would make this, this would make the book so, like, corny. Yeah. They would have to, like, rhyme as they're, like, trying to, like, stun someone. Anyway. No. So, um... He waved his wand, nothing happened. Scabbers stayed gray and fast asleep. Are you sure that's a real spell? Well, it's not very good, is it? I've tried a few simple spells just for practice, and it's all worked for me. Nobody in my family's magic at all. It was ever such a surprise when I got my letter. But I was ever so pleased, of course. I mean, it's the very best school of witchcraft there is, I've heard. I've learned all of our course books by heart, of course. It's like... You didn't even finish. Calm down. I, okay. just hope it will be I just enough. hope it will be enough. I'm Hermione Granger, by the way. Who are you? Um, I wrote trio! <laughs> See? You did write trio. Um, <laughs> so then, yeah, so she says it all really fast. Like, she's just, like, babbling. It just, like, all spills out. Um, and Harry and Ron kind of looked at each other, and Harry, um, so it says, Harry looked at Ron and was relieved to see by his stunned face that he hadn't learned all the course books by heart either. So I love how Harry's like, damn, were we supposed to do that? <laughs> Hold up. Harry didn't tell me nothing. I had to pull out my books right now. Like, I'm behind. <laughs> like, oh, like shit. I knew I was behind, but damn. Yeah. Um, and so then they inter- introduce themselves, and, uh, Harry says that he's Harry Potter, um, and Hermione goes are you really I know all about you of course I've got a few extra books for background reading and you're in modern natural history and the rise and fall of the dark arts and great wizarding events of the 20th century and Harry's like am Am I I? like so I love that Hermione knows who he is but just from like reading because she just like read it all and was like oh okay but then this is like the rude part of Hermione goodness didn't you know I have found out everything I could if it was me it's like you don't know his life yeah not at all but that was just like yeah he didn't know that he should know, and he definitely, even with Hagrid being like, you're famous, didn't know, well, no, maybe no, no, I should no. look for myself in some books. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And the other thing is, like, he was pretty much told the whole story. It's just that, like, and he, his his mind isn't oriented around Like, books. let me let me go research right. this now. Somebody just told him about it, so he doesn't have to look it up. Yeah. Nobody, like, went to Hermione and was like, so you're a, you're a witch, and by the way, let me tell you all about this wizard called Harry Potter. Like, yeah. you know? It's not, like, any of her business. I mean, like, you know, it is eventually. I mean, she finds out about him through books. Right. And that's how she finds out about everything. Yeah. Um, Books and cleverness. They're more important things. Sorry. Um, So then, um, so she's just, like, she's just, like, everything that pops in her head, she's just saying. She goes, goodness, goodness, didn't you know? I'd have found out everything, everything if I could if it was me. Um, do either of you know what house you'll be in? I've been asking around, and I hope I'm in Gryffindor. It sounds by far the best. I hear Dumbledore himself was in it, but I suppose Ravenclaw wouldn't be too bad. Anyway, we better go and look for Neville's Toad. You two had better change, you know. I expect we'll be there soon. Like, she just jumps from subject to subject, like, 
just quickly she, back and forth. That reminds me of like, me, where it's just like, you better, if you're not in my head, you are lost. Like, as much as I love Hermione, that introduction is so great to me. Like, because Harry and Ron are just like, I don't even, I don't even know what to do. They literally are just like dazed. They're just like, they're like, they're like five steps behind. <laughs> they're just like, what just happened? A hurricane went into their compartment, spun them all around, and then spat them and out. just dipped. Like, <laughs> they're like, uh. So, so funny. Oh, um, and so then Ron goes, whatever house I'm in, I hope she's not in it. Mm. Um, and apparently, oh, George is the one who gave him the, uh, oh, stupid movie. It said Fred. That's why I messed up. I hate that. Anyway, um, yeah, so Harry asks what house, um, Ron's brothers are in, and Ron says Gryffindor. Um, and he's, like, kind of gloomy. Mom and Dad were in it, too. I know what they'll say if I'm not. I don't suppose Ravenclaw would be too bad, but imagine if they put me in Slytherin. Um, and so then they talk about Slytherin, um, and then Harry tries to cheer Ron up, so cute, and he says, you know, I think the ends of, the ends of Scabber's whiskers are a bit lighter. Um, he's so cute. He's really cute. Um, and then Harry was wondering what a wizard did once he finished with school, and I wrote, me too, thanks Harry, proper question when he asked, um, so what do your older brothers do now that they've left? Charlie is in Romania studying dragons. Charlie is a man after my own heart. I'm just saying. Back off my bed. Well, I don't know. I probably you don't even know if that's your bed. It's one of them. You always just... It's Charlie or Bill. It's anytime one of I declare... Let's just put this on the record. Anytime I declare that somebody is my bae, Robin immediately like comes for me for no reason. Like let me know. Let me live. Let me have my bays. Just let me do that. And you have yours. Don't use I have mine. lied against me. That's... Okay, anyway, I'm just saying, back up off me, bruh. Just back up off me. Why are you dancing? Because I'm singing <laughs> a song in my head that I refuse to sing. Okay. Um. So, Charlie's in Romania studying dragons, which, sure, okay, you can have Charlie. I'll have Bill in Africa doing something for Gringotts. Did you hear about Gringotts? It's been all over the Daily Prophet, but I don't suppose you get that with the muggles. Someone tried to rob a high security vault. And this is great because Ron, it shows that Ron actually is listening. Like, he he's interested in Harry and he's absorbed it. He's like, okay, you don't know anything. Yeah. Um, so let me explain to you, like, this in, important thing. And um, Harry stares. Harry is such a, like, curious person. Like, part of me wants to say nosy, but he's not nosy because it makes sense. No, it's just like there's so, many, there's so much information so much, that he doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, so he's trying like, to soak in all this information. Yeah. And, um, so when he gets these, like, bits and nuggets of, um, news that are actually important to him and affect him, he doesn't know that it affects him. He just wants to know everything. So he's like, what happened to them? And, um, Ron tells him, nothing. That's why it's such big news. They haven't been caught. My dad said it must have been a powerful dark wizard to get around Gringotts, but they don't, but they don't think they took anything. That's what's odd. Everyone gets scared when something like this happens because you, in case you know who's behind it. Um, I really like that right after this. Um, Harry, okay, so it says, um, Harry was starting to get a prickle of fear every time you know who was mentioned. He supposed this was all a part of entering the magical world, but it had been a lot more comfortable saying Voldemort without worrying. So that's like clearly like a fear of his name. Mm-hmm. Fear of the name increases fear, fear of the thing, of the thing itself. itself. And it's just like, he's hearing and nobody will say his name. And so it's like kind of freaking him out. And he's like, okay, maybe this dude is super like, you know, scary and dangerous and all these kind of things. Um, versus him just being like, nah, Voldemort. Um, 
So, yeah. Um, then Ron asks, what's his Quidditch team? And Harry's like, I don't know any. Yep. Um, and they just go right back into, you know. Bonding. Bonding. Um, but then. <laughs> but uh, this is really funny. Because um, Ron says, oh, you wait. It's the best game in the world. And I was thinking after Scottish rugby because. Oh, yeah. Side note. J.K. Rowling is a problem. She loves Scottish rugby so much, and she basically wrote fan fiction about it on Pottermore. And put it on Pottermore. Like, made made the Scottish rugby team canon. Because she could. Apparently the entire Wizarding World are, like, fans of the Scottish rugby team. Not any, not just rugby, not rugby. Just the Scottish rugby team. They all are. And there's a whole backstory. And it's, like, a good back... The thing is, it's, like, it's good, and so you're just like, why? Why would you... Basically, it just made me kind of mad. It's jealousy, basically. <laughs> but, okay, back into this. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there that Quidditch is the best game in the world after Scottish rugby. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. So then um, they were talking about the... Te- the um, they are bonding again, and then three boys entered, um, and Harry recognized the middle one, at once. It was the pale boy from Madame Malkin's robe shop. And this is so rude and out of pocket. Is it true? They're saying all down the train that Harry Potter's in this compartment. So it's you, isn't it? It's like, who is you? Mm-hmm. Barging in, asking me if I am who I am. Like, no one asked you. Like, or not even, not no one asked you, but like, that is rude. Yeah. I, I just felt rude to me. It's like if I burst into your apartment and was like, are you Bayana? Right. <laughs> I, I heard you famous. I'm like, um, like, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so like, so then now, I mean, Draco is doing what he thinks is coming correct, but he's not. Um, so he immediately is like, um, this is Crab and this is Goyle. And then he goes, and my name's Malfoy, Draco Malfoy. And I love Ron, like, low-key tries to laugh. Um, and Malfoy goes, think my name's funny, do you? No, No need to ask who you are. My father told me that all Weasleys have red hair, freckles, and more children than they can afford. And I so wrote like, down the worst. Yeah. No, he's the worst. worst. But it's also like, I just love how, while he's like a very stereotypical like bully, it's very clear from the beginning that like his parents, and especially his father, like influence pretty much all of his beliefs, all of how he acts, like literally everything about it. Because he mentions his father like almost every time he comes up. Um, and we don't even know his father until we don't even know anything about yeah. him until the next book. Um, well, we kind of talk. I mean, Ron alludes to his um, parents and things, but yeah, but it's um, not like he's not introduced. He's not yeah. like, in the we, series but, at all. But Draco definitely is like one of those. Do you know who my father is? Exactly. It's like, but that has nothing to do with who you are. And it is very influenced by his father, and his father very much encourages his bullying. But I just think it's weird that like. Draco's way of trying to, like, get Harry to be his friend or, like, to get in with, like, the famous kid is to, like, come in, like, shit on the person that Harry's been sitting there with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even if they were just sitting there in silence, it's like, that's not a good first impression. Not at all. Because he immediately like, goes, you'll soon find out some wizarding families are much better than others. Um, you don't want to go making friends with the wrong sort. I can help you there. And it's just like, dude, like, that's that's your first impression? Yeah, that sucks. Like, yeah, it's like you're not good at this. He and it's like it's also like um, so he write so Harry um, is like I think I can tell the wrong who the wrong sort are for myself. Thanks, he said coolly without shaking his hand. Such a good person. Um, such a good person. 
But Draco comes back with, I'd be careful if I were you, Potter, unless you're a bit politer, which is like, who was a rude one here? You'll go the same way as your parents. They didn't know what was good for them either. You hang around with riffraff like the Weasleys and that Hagrid, and it'll rub off on you. And it's like he's trying to be the worst. Well, it's also it's like, like he's trying to be the biggest bully and to be um, not like popular because everyone likes him, but popular because everyone's afraid of him. He wants. Well, yeah, to but it's also that him. like. So I was also reading Pottermore um, about the Malfoys. Um, so they talk about you know the Malfoys are really opportunistic. And so initially, so apparently when, like, Harry defeated Voldemort when he was a baby, there was, like, this rumor going around that he was somehow, like, a dark wizard even more powerful than Voldemort, which is like, y'all, he was one years old. Like, I'll really put a lot on a baby. But, so that's what they were thinking. They weren't sure. And so Draco, and the reason he comes at Harry like that is thinking, like, okay, maybe we can be friends, and then I might, I got my family lined up with these next, the next, like, head dude in town. But then he finds out, oh, he's not like that. He's just, like a blood traitor or whatever. So then he immediately turns back to like, nah, like we don't, I'm better than you. So it's just like an interesting kind of flip where he just like, there's a disappointment that happens. And then he just falls back on like how he would usually treat someone. Um, Yeah. So it's just like, but it's like, even if you think about like crab and Goyle, like they're not like Harry notices this from the beginning. It's like, um, what does Harry say? He was looking at the other boys. Both of them were thick-set and looked extremely mean. Standing on either side of the pale boy, they looked like bodyguards. And it's true, like, Crab and Goyle aren't really Draco's friends. No, They're his henchmen. All. And, like, it's it's sad because of, obviously, like, this, like, superior air that Draco has is definitely stemmed from his father and um, his mother and that whole pure blood wizard nonsense that they believe in so strongly, but he doesn't have, like, friends. And you start to see this, too, later in the books when we get, when Draco becomes less of a stereotypical, like, antagonist and becomes more three-dimensional and has actual, like, problems and worries and not really anyone to confide in and anyone to go to. And it's like, great, you have your father and you look up to him, but you need people your own age. You need people who, I mean, so we've talked about so far since, you know, I think this was in uh, episode four and a half, Panty Parkinson, who wears, who oh, yeah. like a coat on Draco. <laughs> hangs on Draco. Hangs on him. That's not a friend. No. That's not someone that you, like, that's like a fan or, you know. She has a big crush on him. Yeah, it's not like someone that you can really confide in. And like Harry and Ron already have a better friendship then Draco has his crab and Goyle, who he's probably known his entire childhood, and Harry and Ron have known each other for an hour and a half on this train. Right. So it's it's sad when you look at it from that perspective, um, but it's also just like, dude, if you want to become Minister of Magic one day, you got to know how to like start talking to people and just come in the jump, like... He wants to be Minister of Magic? I mean, I, he just gives this air of someone who's going to run for office one day. Oh, okay. I was curious. I mean, I know, you know, like, like, he comes from this family where they have high expectations and well, they, they have a certain... they tend to do things without... Their whole thing is they they like to just... They don't like to be in the... They don't like to be the main person. They like to be the person behind the dude. Yeah, they so like he would to like to be like... He'll be like, like yeah, to, he would be like the chief of staff or something. You know, like... He'd be like Cyrus in. Bean. 
He's the Cyrus He's Bean. He's the Cyrus Bean of, of... Or no, well, Cyrus is the Draco Malfoy of Scandal. Yeah. Aw. You gonna write that post? I like... No, I'm not. Okay. Like, I may. I might. Somebody <laughs> else can write it, too. I, I'll think about it. Um. Yeah, <laughs> but I just think that, that it's it's something, like... That kind of, like, that his whole family and his, his um, heir gives me this kind of thought of someone who is supposed, who is expected to do big things, mm-hmm. but expected to do them in a certain way. Yeah. And so he's, like, even from the jump, you know, like, I'll, I think I'll convince my father to buy me a broom and sneak it into, you know, and, like, I should get to play. Like, he is a, he has this air of, like, um, entitlement. Entitlement. But also this, like, knowledge and this kind of, like, I need to be the one, the guy. And that, I always I always just say that those people are going to run for president one day. Mm-hmm. Like, those people that are, like, very much ambitious without any real sense of what they believe in. He is the Aaron Burr to Harry Potter's Alexander Hamilton. Good and job. if you watch, and if you listen to Hamilton, you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to write that post. Do it. Woo! I got a Hamilton post. I, I, I want to write about Hamilton, but all I can think is, it's so great. And I feel like you guys don't want to read about that for like eight chap, eight eight sentences of, it's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. I would love to hate and be like, I don't, but <laughs> I wouldn't read it. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just a picture of when <laughs> Manuel and me being like, it's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. Okay. And anyway. Um, okay. So then they immediately fall on like, well, one thing I love is that like, Harry and Ron stand up for themselves. Like, yeah. Harry spent so much time having to run from Dudley and, like, deal with a bully. And this is, like, the first real time he's like, okay, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm not coming. I didn't come to Hogwarts to be bullied by another kid. Exactly. I'm not doing and, like, that. You're, you're small and pale. I can right. take you. I can take you, even though it was, like, Crab and Goyle. But, but still, I also love like... that Ron also, I mean, granted, Harry is technically, well, he's, he's also standing up for Ron. Like, obviously, Draco says some, like, terrible stuff about his parents and cause him riffraff right cause so it's like they're both standing up for each other and for themselves and it's like just even more cements their friendship um yeah and i think that's something that's really true is like there is nothing more of what is it like my the enemy of my enemy is my friend type of thing like there's nothing that will help bring two boys together especially like two 11 year old boys together mm-hmm. like a shared disdain for somebody else. And yeah, they stand up and they're about to get at it. And Drake Malfoy's like, oh, you're going to fight us? Malfoy sneered, which let's let's be honest. We all know that Malfoy is about to sneak in the back and let Crab and Goyle take that. Oh, yeah. He, he's not going to, he's not going to break up nail. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, but then instead, like they come closer trying to like bully them and take their candy and stuff. Scabbers the rat comes for, comes through for the team one time and bites Goyle's knuckle. Goyle um, let out a horrible yell and Scabbers was hanging off his finger. Just like, didn't just bite him, but like held on. Mm-hmm. Was like, I'm in this for the long haul. Um, and then they scream and run away. Because um, that's what they do. And then seconds later, Hermione Granger comes in. She's so nosy, and I love it. But the other thing is, like, I feel like she's walking around just looking for friends. Like, yeah, she, which is the thing that's so sad about it is, like, which is actually the only thing that we don't have in common is because I would totally just be in a compartment by myself, just sitting in a corner, like, I ain't got no friends. That's cool. I'll be good. <laughs> I'm going to just 
I'm just read my book and she's I'm my like, own friend. And she's like, exactly. I'll be fine. I like being by myself anyway. Um, but she's like wandered up and down the corridor. She hears some. She's like, oh, what's happening? What's going on? Hi, I'm Hermione Granger. <laughs> like, and so she's eager. Um, she's very eager. Um, and so she comes in like, what has been going on? Um, and so then Scabbers goes back to sleep. Um, and Ron says, have you met? Or no, Harry says, have you met Malfoy before? Um, and Harry explains about the first time he met Draco. And this is actually really funny because as much as we are getting on Draco about like being influenced by his parents, Ron shows here that he's actually also influenced by his parents. It just right. happens that his parents are better right. people. <laughs> like, so it's fine. And I mean, I mean I don't everyone's fault... influenced by their parents. In oh, definitely. Way, so. And I mean, I don't fault Draco for being influenced by his parents, I fault Draco for not questioning that logic. And yeah. that's, you know, like, taking, it's like, you know, you grow up and everyone's like, you know, being gay is wrong, I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. And then you go to school or whatever. You hear about this all the time with the politician and you meet a gay person, you know, like, what are y'all talking about? Like, they're fine. They're human. And so... With Draco, I mean, he is also in Slytherin, so I'm sure there were less muggle-borns, you know, and he's get, he gets reinforcement that way, but he's going to school, he sees Hermione Granger, he sees what, like, she ends up becoming and what she can do, and he doesn't question his parents. He's just like, oh, she, you know, right. she's still a mudblood. It and literally takes him, like, becoming a Death Eater and the whole Voldemort thing to become a better person. Yeah. It takes him. That's a lot. Like it takes him <laughs> having to kill Dumbledore or attempting, to. attempting, and to. not even that. It's even more. It like the whole even the seventh book. Like because he remember he tries to capture yeah. Harry and get. It takes um, Voldemort dying and like to to realize. Well, I think even capturing Harry was more about being. Um, it's the Malfoy thing again. It's, it's but like, I think it wasn't about like. Him being a bad person, it was about being scared and trying to get back on the. On on I know, no, of course. Um, but so I think he, he like, was already changed by that time. He didn't want to turn Harry in, but he was too scared for the alternative. He was already in too deep. But yeah, but still, it takes him a long time to. But like in the most extreme of things for him yeah. to turn around. It's basically my yeah, basically my point. Um. So. Um. Ron explains, like, I've heard of his family. They were some of the first to come back to our side. Um, they said that they'd been bewitched, but Dad doesn't believe it. He says Malfoy's father doesn't need an ex- didn't need an excuse to go over to the dark side. And, like, it's true, um, but it goes back into that whole, like, ambition and status thing that the Malfoys have. Um, but Ron, like, swallows that wholeheartedly, um, which could very much be just Arthur not liking Lucius. But it happens to be true. But you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he just is like, dad says, and... It's better than my father. But <laughs> I, I, I'm so serious. You can just tell who's good and who's bad by who says mother and father. That is true. First, he's not bad. He's just pompous. Yeah. I mean, you can just tell who, who you want to kick it with and who oh, you don't yeah. want to. So then he turns to Hermione. He's like, "Can we help you with something?" <laughs> so I love that Hermione's just like standing there, just all um, up in the business. And she's like, "You better hurry up and put your robes on. I've just been up to the front to ask the conductor, and he says we're nearly there. You haven't been fighting, have you? You'll be in trouble before we before we even get there." She's just 
She wants to be their friend so bad. They should just let her. Um, and then Ron's like, would you mind leaving while we change? She's like, all right. I only came in here because people are at, are being, uh, sorry, are behaving very childishly, racing, racing up and down the corridors. And she's just like, I can't with these people. And, like, I'm trying to find my... She's trying to be she's really cool. She's trying to cool. find her squad. Yeah, she, and, she wants to be friends. And she wants to make friends. They ask her to get out. And she's like, I don't need you anyway. I'll find someone else. Mm-hmm. Like, she is just, she trying, she's trying too hard. Which is something that, you know, she grows out of. And she when she becomes more comfortable, you can see how fucking awesome her is. Because yeah. she's fucking awesome. <laughs> so anyway, they get on their robes and um, cram their sweets into their robes and jump off the train because they've arrived um and harry shivers in the cold night and a lamp comes bobbing up first years first years over here all right there harry i was on some ha- harry should yell at hagrid and it's like don't single him out that one already. don't sing him out but two you did not tell him how to get to platform nine and three quarters yeah. hagrid yeah i'm all right you better, be like, you. you better be like ooh, i just realized i forgot i'm sorry about that i'm glad yeah. you got on good job good to see you and then, yeah. Yeah. But, All right there, Harry. Not, no thanks to you, Hagrid. That's what I'm saying. But, okay. Shout out to my new homie, Ron Weasley, and his family. Like, <laughs> they had my back. They didn't even know already. me. Like, come on now. So, um, Hagrid sh- shuffles all of the first years into um, these boats, um, and Neville, who kept losing his toe, just sniffed once or twice, because Neville still ain't found Trevor, which is... Cute. Um, and as they're in the boats, rounding the corner, Hagrid lets them know, you'll get your first set of Hogwarts. Oh, no, they're not in the boats yet. They're walking it on path. They're walking a path to get to the boats. You'll get your first side of Hogwarts in a second. It's just around the bend, and there was a loud, ooh. <laughs> so we get our first description of Hogwarts. Perched atop a high mountain on the other side, its windows sparkling in the starry night with a vast castle with many turrets and towers. No more in four to a boat, Hagrid says, and they head off to Hogwarts. Um, and as they get into um, the little underground harbor um, and clamor out of the boat and onto the rocks and pebbles, Hagrid finds Trevor. Which I'm just like, I kind of want like the adventures of Trevor. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Where where was he? How do you lose how do you lose your toad in London, but he turns up in Hogwarts? There was he so was, much time between them. Trevor is a magical I know, toad. No, I'm saying, I know he's magical, so I'm just like, what was he doing? Was he, he was just to? like, all right, I gotta get to Hogwarts because I, I gotta get fed. Like right. I need to keep Neville around ish. I need to keep my eye kinda on him, but I don't need to be that close. So I'm really messing with him. He like was that. Trevor was hanging out in a different compartment, and then when they all got off, he got into a different boat, but he made sure right. he got into the boats. <laughs> or something. Something. And then um, when it was time, one of my favorite, made himself known to Hagrid. One of my favorite, like, memes slash, like, crossovers. I don't know if you ever watched Phineas and Ferb, because that came out when I'm you old. were, like, yeah, you're old. And, I mean. But yes. Yes. Um, but it came out around the time when, like, Akira, um, who is my 16-year-old sister, um, when she was, like, young enough to, like, when she was watching Disney Channel and stuff. But Phineas and Ferb is like a cartoon, and so they have a pet platypus who just disappears all the time. And they're like, hey, where's Perry? And there's this whole like subplot where he's like fighting crime. <laughs> so he, like they're doing their little thing, and then like he's. Oh, that reminds me of Ron so Stoppable. Like a, Did you so ever watch Kim Possible? Of 
course. Are you? Of course. Don't of course me. What do you mean don't of course? Kim Pop- okay, wait. Can I just mention? I feel like it's so not anyway, old, but I might have been old because I'm so weird. So anyway, um, there's like this like meme that I've seen where there where um, Neville's like, Grant, I've lost my toad," and then Grant's like, "Oh, Neville," and then like under it's uh, Trevor in like the little underground base where like Perry the platypus usually is, and then like the dude who like has the those animal spy organization is like, hello, Agent T, and it's, like, really cute, because Phineas and Ferb is awesome. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But Ron Stoppable also has a naked mole rat that... Rufus, but he fights. doesn't disappear. He, but he fights. Yeah. He's, 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 he's hanging out there. Rufus is the best. Um, so, Hagrid raised a giant fist and knocked three times on the castle door, and we're going to Hogwarts! Ah! It must be sorted. Oh, my God. Oh! It's awesome. It's awesome. So... Let's get down to it. Who is your MVP of the journey from platform nine and three quarters? Um, my MVP is Molly Weasley. I think that um, after everything Harry has been through for the past like ten years of his life, she is just like a really good like breath of fresh air for him, and she's very considerate of him and very sweet and gets him onto the platform like some people were supposed to do, but didn't finish their jobs. So. I say Mrs. Weasley. Tell us how you really feel about Hagrid there. Um, (laughs) I also said Mrs. Weasley, even though I wrote Molly Wobbles, because why not? Um, For for the reasons that you explained, but also because she's such a good mother that she raises and makes it possible for Harry to meet Fred, George, and Ron. And for them to become the friends that they do become. Especially Ron. Um, And yeah, I benched, because... I just want y'all to know this. I benched two people this week. Okay. I benched Vernon. Because how dare you laugh at Harry and then drive off and leave him at King's Cross. People get abducted. Children, there are pedophiles. Chris Hansen's wandering around. People get abducted. And then also Draco because obviously he's a problem. Um... I was between Petunia and Draco, but then as we were talking, I just got really angry at Petunia, um, and so that's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna bench. I feel like Draco. He's so stereotypical. He's just real. Like he's just a classic bully, and that's cool. And he does, but he does worse things later. And I feel like Petunia knew how to get on the platform. I'm just really angry about this platform. Thing. Um, Every time also, you bench Petunia, I start to think, like, because usually when you bench Petunia, I bench Vernon, Vernon and yeah. I'm like, she's right. So. But yeah, but the other thing is, like, in terms of, there's, like, a contrast between Mrs. Weasley and, Petu- and Petunia, right? So, yeah. for the same reasons that I think that Mrs. Weasley is the real MVP of this chapter, I think that Petunia is benched. Like, she just did not do her job as a mother. She's just not a good person at this point. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I've been On sure. both accounts, too. She didn't do her job as a mother to Harry, and she hasn't done a good job as a mother to Dudley. To, to Dudley, because she actually has raised a, a non, a muggle Draco Malfoy. So, um, I'm actually on board with that, and I am, I will gladly switch and bench Petunia um, and give Vernon a pass, but you're still not starting. I mean, just, you know. Yeah, they're definitely, right. There are, been, there are multiple people on a bench. <laughs> it's just the one who's at the end at of the At the end bench, of the bench. Who's like, is probably not going to see any playing time. Not at all. Not um, in my world. Yeah. Um. So. Like, we might stick Vernon in the outfield if it's absolutely necessary. If everyone gets hurt. Right. 
We and we need we a nice and we need a nice player. And there's two people on the bench we left. We don't play him in right field. And tell Petunia to sit down. Yeah. Basically. Um, okay. So join us next week as we discuss chapter seven, the sorting hat. Woohoo! Um which is awesome. Um that chapter is way shorter than this one. I still am not convinced we'll have anything less to say. Um, but yeah, so make sure to read and follow along. Um, again, to join the conversation on Twitter at We Black and Nerds and hashtag Wizard Team. Um, yep, our website, blackgirlsnowout.com. Facebook, um, Black Girls Nerd Out. Yep. Tumblr, it's, We Black and Nerds. Twitter. Uh, yeah, Instagram, Instagram, Black Girls Nerd Out. Um, yep, that's, that's it. That's everything. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Go with our team.